is shaking, everyone. It's Four Winds in June. We're back here. We have some news to go over the past couple days. Had some games last night that were great. Kawhi's not playing again. We'll talk about that in a second. But we want to first start off with some of the awards that happened. First, we got Mike Brown for the Coach of the Year. Yeah, well-deserved. He definitely took a Kings uh, team that everyone thought, like, oh, if they make the play-in, it'll be a good season for them. And brought them to the third seed, and now they're in the playoffs battling against the defending champs. So definitely a well-deserved award for Mike Brown. It was unanimous. He got 100 out of 100 votes for first place. Um, probably the easiest award to vote on this year. So shout-out to Mike Brown. He won a great season. Yeah, I agree. And everywhere Mike Brown has been, he's always had success. So there's no doubt in my mind that with the Kings, he would eventually have success. I just didn't expect it this quick. And that just even speaks more to how impressive of a coach he is. Speaking of quick, uh, one person that wasn't quick was Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, He lost the sixth man of the year award to my boy Malcolm Brogdon. Well-deserved. Uh, he was on the TNT show last night because he's uh, in Atlanta for Game 3 tonight. Um, and it was awesome to see Jamal Crawford come out and give him the award. Um, the trophy looks really good, which I learned. You know last year how they gave out those those dumb like crystal balls to the awards? Oh, yeah, yeah, for so, the 75. Yeah, but it turns out those, that, those are just placeholders. And they actually sent them the new trophies this year because they were finished the design. So the players last year got the same trophies they're giving out this year, the dope ones. Oh, wow. So... Jokic and Smart and all those other guys and Scotty Barnes got the cool new trophies as well. Okay. So I was I was ranting about the balls last night on Twitter and uh, some people uh, uh, educated me and I was very pleased to hear they got the cool trophies. There you go. The the things you can find on Twitter. It's, yeah. It's a great uh, way to get your information. Yeah. For but sure. shout out Mike Brown. Shout out Mike, Malcolm Brogdon for having great seasons. Uh, hopefully they can continue to do it in the playoffs. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, definitely, I think Brogdon deserved it. You know, definition of a six-man, what he did this season. Like you said, quickly, not really that six-man, kind of a starter now. But on the flip side, we have some sad news, I guess you could say. Uh, Nick Nurse, uh, fired from the Raptors, with coaching job. He got a championship there. You know, the only championship why. in franchise history. We know why. Because of Kawhi. But <laughs> Kawhi and some other things that happened, but... Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the the Raptors, what's what's going on with them? It it's interesting because they have a lot of pieces, but like they don't have a, any like elite pieces. They don't have a superstar in that Kawhi's gone. Kyle Lowry left, obviously. They have Fred Van Vliet, they have Scotty Barnes, they have Gary Trent Jr., they have OG Anubi, they have Pascal Siakam. And it seemed like they were destined to be sellers at this deadline, but instead they bought and they traded for Yaka Pirtle. And so the Raptors are kind of interesting position, and they get in the play-in, and they lose to the Bulls. The kind of disappointment there, where reality people thought, like, hey, if the Raptors beat the Bulls, like, they could probably beat the Heat as well, because the Heat didn't look very well. But they lost to the Bulls. They got upset by Patrick Beverly playing Pat. But so now that they fired Nick Nurse, and it seems like Masai Ujiri is talking with the Wizards, possibly going over there. Uh, they've been linked to those two. The Wizards and Masai have been linked for like eight years now. And so it kind of feels inevitable that they will eventually get together. Wizards just fired the GM last week. And so it's kind of the stars aligning right now for them. But the Raptors, it seems like they're kind of starting anew. So I wouldn't be surprised if some big trades come out after this offseason. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know. I'm not sure how many people, like free agents, they have this offseason. But, yeah, if they resign them, if they trade them, we'll see what happens with that. 
But now we have two head coach openings so far, I think, uh, that we have the the Rockets and the Raptors. So, yeah, like Rockets are looking at – now they're looking at uh, Nick Nurse as well. And mm-hmm. you already said Udoka, but also Frank Vogel, um, prior coach for the Pacers and, and Lakers. So we'll see what happens with their – what would you say – uh, is more of an appealing job, the Rockets or the Raptors? Um, see, it depends on what the front office wants to do in Toronto. Because we're talking about the rosters right now, it's definitely uh, the Raptors. The Raptors have a more defined roster. They have veterans in there who have played in the playoffs. They've won championships. Uh, they've they know what it takes to win, and they got a front office who isn't afraid to buy at the deadline, like they did with Yaka Pertle. But then, on the other hand, you got the Rockets, who have a bunch of young guys, a lot of big personalities, lots of draft picks. The Nets picks are very, very valuable over there. They were shot at Webinyama this season. And so, like, they have a better future in Houston, but the Raptors are the better team right now. And so, if you're someone like a Frank Vogel or a Nick Nurse or Ime Udoka and you don't want to kind of coach these young guys and kind of mentor them, you kind of just want to compete for a championship, I think you go to Toronto and you try and convince the GM and say, hey, let's make a trade. We have all these pieces. Trade for a superstar that's available and go out of ring right now. We have the pieces. We have the opportunity. Let's do it. Or you could take some time say, okay, I'm going to go whip Jalen Green into shape, go whip Victor Webinyama hopefully into shape and win two or three championships in five years. Um, So it depends on the style of coach. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets maybe went with a younger coach who can kind of be there long-term and is okay with the rebuild process for another year or so versus an established coach. But then you also have to throw in the Ime Udoka stuff, which you're like, how does what happened in Boston kind of translate to the hiring process? Mm -hmm. Because it sounds like Toronto is very high on him. They hold him high regard, they said. But like... What what happens then? Like, how do you justify hiring him when he was suspended by the Celtics? And no one really even knows what really happened. They're not talking about it. So, like, it will be a very interesting hiring process. Yeah, I think this is an interesting topic for sure because one of the things the rap, the Rockets said, uh, or the coach said, Silas, I forget his first name, but uh, he said he just couldn't connect with the young players on the Rockets. So I wonder if a coach like Udoka would be able to connect better with the Rockets or, you know, like like you're saying, the Raptors holding him in high regard. There's going to be a lot of stuff to figure out in the off season, But we want to get to the real stuff, the NBA playoffs. That's what we we are here for. That's what we like. So we'll start off with what we saw with the Grizzlies and the Lakers. Jaw was out, and, you know, you thought the Lakers would be able to go up 2-0, you know, sneak out on the road. But... uh Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones, Jaron Jackson, they had other ideas. Yeah, the Grizzlies really held their own. It seems like a tale's oldest time right now. The jaw goes out with the injury, and the Grizzlies play better. Um, obviously, it, it wasn't just the Grizzlies playing well. I don't want to take anything away from them, but it was more the Lakers kind of sucked. Anthony Davis did not have a good game. Uh, LeBron played okay. It just was kind of a mid-game for them. And so that's why the Grizzlies were able to kind of come up, come in and assert themselves in the beginning. They were able to hold that like ten point lead the whole game. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see going back to Staples Center now, um, where the Lakers have on court, they'll have the fans, and see if they can reawaken the beast inside them and 
kind of lock in and uh, don't take these Grizzlies not uh, lightly. Yeah, I think they'll be able to handle them. I think, yeah, that game too, it's like your goal is just to win one on the road. They did their job, and they yeah, definitely looked like they took game two a little lightly. But I want to also talk about Dylan Brooks there poking the bear with LeBron. I feel like there's a few player, a few list of players that you don't want to start talking trash to. I would, I would say LeBron's one of them. I'd say Steph's one of them. I'd say even like Luca's one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think of any, anyone else in the playoffs right now. Uh, but those those few come to mind when you know someone publicly starts talking trash. You just know that LeBron's gonna have a big game next game. So I'm I'm excited for that. I'm gonna yeah, we'll look it's forward to that one. Definitely interesting. I can see LeBron. I can see Steph. I don't know about Luca yet, just because it's only really been Devin Booker, and so it's only one guy. It's less of a yeah. You're that guy. You piss him off. Like he's gonna go off. Well, like, I mean, just like it's uh, just well, like with is it really just that, or is he doesn't like Devin Booker with Booker? But he also did it with the. I mean, it was the Pistons or whatever. But it was like that it's coach the, or whatever. Yeah, but that was regular like, season. Yeah, Who I know, gives I know. a. But I'm just saying, like look. I wouldn't put Luca in that list yet. But yeah, I'll put LeBron. But what other players you would put? Yeah, the, see, that's the thing is, there's I wouldn't even put Durant there. I wouldn't put Durant. Durant's too mellow. But I wouldn't put Giannis. The rest of them are too young. They yeah. haven't established themselves yet, like uh, Steph and LeBron. That's true. So I would. I mean, maybe Kawhi, but lately he just hasn't been playing. Kawhi doesn't talk. Yeah, he but doesn't like, really listen. I don't he, know. Just, he just shows up to work and he does his job. Well, maybe when he's Westbrook. Not a, when he's on the sick day. Hot take Westbrook, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You call him Westbrook and he locks in, you know? He may not be very good right now, but, like, he, you talk trash to him, he will lock in. That's true. So. Yeah, maybe maybe Westbrook. Yeah, but I, it will be interesting to see. Uh, I love Twitter for the reason that Dylan Brooks made those comments about LeBron and then fans went back on Dylan Brooks' uh, Twitter and found, like, tweets from 2012 of him just gushing over LeBron about how much he loves LeBron and mm-hmm. things like that, how much a big fan he was. It's just but, the same thing with Draymond. He was like, I want to be the Draymond Green of this team. Yeah. Like, and then now he's totally opposite. So yeah. it's so just it, the same story. It's good. Like, it gives character to the series. It gives us something to look for. Like, oh, now we want LeBron to play well because of what Dylan Brooks said. Versus if Dylan Brooks never said anything, it would be like, okay, LeBron's in, entering year 20 and he's playing a kind of weak first-round opponent. Like, it's it, it gives the series more character. It makes us, as the fans, buy in more. So I, I like it. That's true. So we'll see. I expect, like I said, LeBron's just going to teach him, tell him who's boss. Uh, just like Steph see, last night, you know, he's like, you know, Draymond has a his- history, so do we. And Curry's always been the kind of petty king, he says. So uh, it's yeah. just going to be the same thing. But I, it will be interesting because obviously the Warriors are a way better team than the Lakers. So the Warriors, they have that history. They're able to kind of lock in at home and, and flip the script whenever they want to. But the Lakers, on the other hand, have lots of flaws. They can be a really good team, and they can be a really bad team. And so I wouldn't be shocked if that really bad team shows up again and the Grizzlies are able to capitalize. For sure. So I wouldn't say it's a guaranteed fact LeBron wins this game. Well, I, I'm just saying he's going to go off. Yeah. I don't know if they'll win. I mean, LeBron's pretty old, too. Like, you never know. He could be tired. That's true. Yeah. Uh, another uh, kind of older team we want to talk about is the Heat and the Bucks. Uh I say that older team because... You have Joe Ingles on their team. Donald the Haslam and the rocking chair. Yeah, and the Donald Haslam. So there's a lot of, you know, experienced players in that series. And you thought the, the Heat taking game one set a statement, stole one on the road, and Giannis is out game two. I 
I thought that the Heat would win, mm-hmm. but the tale is old as time. Drew Holiday, he might I tried be to more tell important. You, man. I tried to tell you. Like, every time I say it, it just proves me right the next game. And, like, he just doesn't believe me. But I don't think the Heat are winning another game this series. I think it's going to be 4-1 Bucks. I yeah. think the Bucks are going to handle, take care of business. Giannis, I don't even think he needs to come back. Take all the rest you want. Like, it doesn't matter. Save strength for the Cavs or Knicks next round. Like, the Heat are not a good basketball team without Tyler Hero. They weren't able to create shots. They weren't able to get to the rim. They weren't able to make any shots. All of a sudden, Max Truce, your second-best shooter, and they're able to put their second-best defender on him. Like, it's just not going to work out for them. Yeah, I agree. So, we'll see that series. Probably probably true, 4-1. Uh, another series that looks pretty lopsided is the Nuggets. We well, we both predicted uh, on, on the referee assignments in that game, true. second game. And it was just a free throw fest, foul fest for the Timberwolves all in their favor, trying to get them back in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting for sure because uh, I was watching the other game because there was two games on at the same time. Um, and so I kind of tuned in and saw the Nuggets are up 20. I was like, ah, snooze fest. I'll keep the other game on. And so I checked in later and I was like, holy crap, it's like a single digit game right now. What happened? It's like, I'm kind of looking into it. And yeah, the rest made some pretty bad calls, but. Anthony Edwards went off, man. 41 points. Jamal Murray had 40 points. Like, that went from a kind of snooze fest to a really, really good game in terms of, like, those two going at each other. Yeah. They gave shades of the Spider versus Jamal series in the bubble. Like, oh, just crazy games from both of them. Yeah. And as, uh, I saw on the stats that Jamal Murray, he's significantly better in the playoffs than the regular season. Like, his scoring is up, like, eight points. Oh, yeah, because he's that, th- he, that guy. He is that guy. Uh, we we thought it was just you know maybe just a bubble thing, but no, no. Jamal shows up in the playoffs like like Draymond says. Some people are fit for the playoffs, some people aren't. He's one of those guys that that shows up. Yeah, he's a he's a legend. He's a really good player. People forgot about him because he had the ACL injury last year, but he fits right in next to Jokic. Perfect fit. Um, the, like I've been saying all year, the Nuggets have a really, really good team. Yeah, they mesh really well. They can kind of take it not Timberwolves not serious for a quarter and still clutch up the game at the end. And so it's uh, they're going to handle Timberwolves pretty easily. Now they are going back to Minnesota, which and uh, the words of Cat, yeah, Minnesota now. Um, <laughs> but Cat's notorious for changing his voice in interviews. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we'll see what happens there. But I fully expect the Nuggets to take control of the series go up 3-0 yeah i think it's going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep we might give them one but the like we've been saying the nuggets they're real they're the real deal they're an elite team you can't just take them for granted especially in the next round like if it's the nuggets and the suns that series is going to be a great one i think the suns better watch out and not take that lightly because the nuggets are real and who knows like in in the finals maybe they make it out the west they're a great team. Hey, that was my prediction for them to come out the West. So it's true. Let's make it happen, Denver. So another another team we want to talk about, of course, is our, is my Warriors. We were able to defend Chase Center, of course. We have one of the best records at home, worst records on the road, and it just went how you expected. Now I will say I got exposed Dan a little bit. We were hooping yesterday before the game, and he's all pouting and sad and saying, "I don't know if I can watch the game. We suck. We're gonna lose." And I was like, you're such an idiot, bro. That's true. It's the Warriors, man. I might have done a little reverse psychology. The Warriors are 
insane at home, and especially with Draymond out. They had the fire. They they're pissed off at the league, at everyone. It's a bonus. They got the fire now. Like the energy in the series completely switched. Like yeah, the Kings are up two one, but now they're backpedaling, and now the Warriors getting Draymond back and this pissed off Draymond. Gonna lock down Sabonis game four. Like all they need is win one game on the road now, which has been their motto all all playoffs really. It's just one one game on the road. Road. They know they can defend Chase Center. They know they're not gonna lose at home. So just win one game on the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's gonna turn into. Like I said, if they lo- if they lose any of these games at home, like I think it's probably the Kings in five, right? But if they won their if they defended home court, you don't wanna be in a best of three with the defending champions. You don't want that, and I think the, it favors them, even if it's a seven-game series. Yeah. Now, there was some – I will take the Kings side here for a little bit. There were some questionable calls there. Mike Brown called out. He said he knew the refs were going to come to this game and kind of uh, give the Warriors a little freebies here and there. But the Warriors really did dominate, and the, Mike Brown has to understand that the series can be called differently from here on out because of the microscope that's been put on this series because of Draymond Sabonis. So they guys figure out how to slow down Steph and how to um, get the other guys not to produce as well. Well, I mean, even that being said, this, it was the first time the Warriors in the series had not had less free throw attempts than the Kings. And guess what? It was tied. So mm-hmm. we didn't even have more than them. So you can be complaining about the foul calls or whatever. Yeah. However, you still got the free, same free throws, and yeah. it's still like a 17-point game. Well, it's more than just the fouls and the free throws. It's the missed calls. Like that Dante DiVincenzo floater at the end of the first quarter, which is pretty to watch. You, he carry, picked up the ball and missed his hands and traveled. That's true. And they missed that call, I mean, which yeah. isn't included in the free throws. You're always going to miss a few calls like that yeah. on both ends, too. But, like, at the end of the day, NBA is entertainment. And it was a pretty yeah. play. And so, like, I'm glad they didn't call it because I got watched a pretty floater over Alex Lund, which is a tall dude. But yeah, you gotta understand the king side of it. Yeah, for sure. But that that series is always fun to watch. We said them, the Clippers, and uh, the Suns also a fun series with Kawhi. But you know, without Kawhi, they kind of made it. A it was still a fun game. Like I, I'm be honest, I watched that game over the the Warriors game. I mean, yeah, towards the end because you, yeah. you know because I knew what was going to happen is, yeah. in the Warriors game. Like, and the, there was points of the Clippers game where I said Russell Westbrook may actually do it. Norman Powell may actually do it. Norman Powell was going off. He did. The one who went off a little more was Booker, even though you know his past and stuff. He's still an elite player, and you have to give it to him. Like, yeah. he's a tough shot maker. Well, like that's the thing is like when you have Kevin Durant on your team and he's taking all the brunt force of the defense. Obviously, like when you go yeah. on the second best defender, you better play well. That's true. But the thing is that if Booker has an off night, the Suns don't look very good. That's true. Like without him dropping forty, they lose to Russell Westbrook that game. Yeah. And if they lose to Russell Westbrook that game, wow, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, they I don't know how won, they come back. From they that. only won by like seven with the only like four or something. Yeah. Yeah. Playing the Clippers B team. Yeah, and they had like twenty more free throws. Like you said, it was pretty bad to referee, and they had like almost fifty free throws shot that game. Versus the Clippers, only had like twenty six. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious that the Clippers are trying the hardest, which I love to see. They're making a fun series, but obviously we have to talk about Kawhi. Yeah. He sat out this game because of his knee and kind of load managing it. But I can kind of understand it from Kawhi's perspective because he's looking at a series and saying, okay. Um, we got a game Saturday, a matinee game early in the, in the day. And then they got to go and, and travel and play uh, on Monday again. Uh, or they got two days off after that, so Tuesday. And so they, you can see the schedule for the rest of the series and understand, 
okay, if we drop this game, that's fine. We're down 2-1. I'll tie it back up on Saturday because I know I'm that guy. Kawhi's that guy in the playoffs. And then you get two days off and you win game five. All of a sudden, you're in the driver's seat. Like, you come back to L.A. game six and you rested and you're able to have momentum going to that. Like, if Kawhi is able to pull this off like he did and just take game three as a rest day and still win the series, like, mad props to Kawhi. Like, even though Stephen A. Smith said he's on the list from some of the worst superstars in NBA history, if Kawhi can come back and make this uh, 3-2 series or even uh, close 3-3 series, like, he's one of the best playoff performers of all time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's already proven it throughout his his career so far. But, yeah, I will say, like, Stephen A. Smith's trying to – you know, say he's the worst superstar. I'd, I think it's a better way to phrase that. I think it's just m- more of like the most like kind of like let down, right? Because all these fans and everyone, we we all hype up Kawhi and he's great and we know it and we want to see him play. That's all we want to see. Like the whole season he had load management for the playoffs and now the playoffs are here and you, you expect him to just be going off every night. Like mm-hmm. Ty Lue said, game two, like that's what we rested him for. And then he doesn't play. It's just, yeah. If if that's the case, it's just sad to see. But also, like we're saying, if you know his his mindset is, I'm going to take this rest day so I can play the rest of the series mm-hmm. and win and compete at my highest level. Then I understand that yeah. side as well. It is interesting to see what the NBA scheduling is, like how they fix it games because. Uh, sometimes you get one day off. Sometimes you get two days off. Like the Celtics have gone two days off between each game, which has been obviously a blessing for the Celtics. As a fan, it's kind of annoying because, like, I want to see my boys play. Like, I'm kind of at that itch. But, like, at the same time, like, as you look at the Clippers, you're like, okay, we got one game off between now and game four. So, like, you kind of realize that, hey, let's put all of our eggs in the game four basket and bet on us for game four and tie it up 2-2. So, they, they may have made the right decision. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see about that. And lastly, we want to go over the Nets and Sixers. That was an interesting one. We we saw that Draymond got suspended for kicking someone on the chest. And oh, no, he stomped. Stomped. Curb stomped. Different. Let, different. Let, yeah, let me like hype it up. It was the worst curb stomp. Freaking, I don't know, ground pound or <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst? Stab him. Shot him in the chest. What? <laughs> no, just, I'm just saying how to make it. As this is Warriors worst, fans for y'all, man. As worse as possible. <laughs> Whatever he did, he almost killed Sabonis. Anyway, what happened with Embiid, <laughs> my gosh, like on a totally different level. Like you have one guy, yeah, sure, he gets tripped or whatever, and he like stomps him. But then you have one guy on the ground, the guy steps over, and he cre- freaking karate chops him in the nuts. Karate, like. Hey, totally he missed kicks, the nuts, though. Totally kicks his leg. I don't care. It's the intention. And yeah. what? Just a little slap on the wrist. Flagrant yeah. one. He stays in the game. Then later on in the game, the fourth quarter, Harden does his signature step back, you know, push off move that he always does. And he taps uh, what, Royce, Royce O'Neal. Taps Royce O'Neal in the nuts and gets a flagrant two. Everyone was like, oh, I think it's a technical flagrant one. And then Tony Brothers comes out <laughs> after further review. The ruling on the floor is deemed in the flagrant two. Arden is ejected. And it's like, what the? So I don't understand. We need to we need to go yeah. over the definition of flagrant again. Well, I don't know. Tony Brothers released a pool report yeah, after the game and said that uh, Joel Embiid's actions were not raised the level of excessive, but 
he believed that James Harden rose to the level of excessive. So whatever excessive means, I guess hitting the balls or not hitting the balls means excessive versus not excessive. Or in Draymond's case, stomp where too hard. stomp is worse is than a kick. Too hard. Even though one's intentional, one's you're just trying to catch your balance. And so it's very interesting to see Tony Brothers do that. But then also you got Nick Claxton getting ejected for his tech and technical for literally – he didn't say anything. He just dunked on Embiid and then stared him down. Mean yeah. mugged him. Like, what are we doing in this league anymore? Like, yeah. are we not allowing celebrations? Like, do we not allow Emmanuel quickly to uh, giddy up all around the court in the other game? Like against the Celtics, <laughs> we not allow <laughs> Steph Curry the night night in the finals. Like, are we not allowing these things anymore? Like, in what world is Nick Claxton not allowed to mean mug Joel Embiid? That's the MVP. This is the guy you say the best player in basketball, and he just, just muscled him. Yeah. He muscled him out of the way, and he dunked on him. And you're ejecting him for that? Like, exactly. And it's just... a close game, and it's like the Nets could win one. And it's like, no, we want the Sixers. Like, no. It's just, yeah, it's just, you have we, to, yeah. You have to give all props to Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey did not miss at the end of the game. He was clutch as clutch can be. Mm-hmm. Like, he went off at the end. He brought the, net, the Sixers back in that game. Uh, Joel Embiid had a nice block at the end of the game on on Dimity. Who knows what him and he was doing offensively at the end of the game? Like just yeah. give the game ball to Mikael Bridges. Exactly. I don't know why Mikael Bridges wasn't holding the ball at the end of the game. It was and then the inbounds play by Royce O'Neal. He just kind of tossed it. It's like, bro, you have a timeout. Use it if there's no one open. Which I thought they should gone a five second call because you're standing there for like ten seconds. <laughs> but it was just an ugly game from the Nets. They're showing why. They may be one of the worst teams to ever make the playoffs. Like, they probably would not have made the playoffs if it wasn't for KD and Kyrie being there half the year. That's facts, yeah. So, it's just, they're an ugly team. They had a chance to win. They just threw it away. So, Tony Brothers did his, cha- his part to make it a controversial game. But, in the, the day, it wasn't a good game. It was just a game. Yeah. Like, it was a game with a lot of just extra stuff besides basketball. It yeah. was just... I saw that the league is reviewing Joel Embiid's kick, so maybe he gets suspended, but I doubt it. He doesn't have the history, even though you see the stats I sent you today. I saw that. I woke up this morning, and I see this tweet that Corey sent me, and it's like people say that Draymond has a history, and then you know he shows uh, Embiid's stats, and career games that Draymond has played is (laughs) 905. Embiid has played 441, so almost half, double the amount. And then the amount of flagrant fouls that Draymond has, 19. Embiid has 21. So talk about a history there. It's just the league, yeah. we need You need to define what it is. You need to stop, like, refing the player, ref the play, and you need to stop looking at the past because it's like what happened in the past happened. Like, just ref the play there. Like, even within the game, I felt like the same thing with Harden. It was because they didn't, they knew they messed up on Embiid, not throwing him out. And they're like, oh, Harden did this. We have to throw him out. And then they're like, oh, crap. We might have overdone it with Harden. So we have to throw out Claxton to balance it out. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's just crap like that that happens on inside just even one game, uh, let alone the fact like throughout a whole, you know, NBA career, NBA season for a player mm-hmm. and how they get treated as a ref. And I know that. That Draymond, you know, talks his talk. I know that Embiid talks his talk. Like, people talk, but they also get punished for it. It's not like they're getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll get away with it on, like, some level. But it's like the amount of times you don't get away with and you get away with, it balances out for all these other players that don't talk as much. So yeah. there's just a lot to talk about there. It's a lot of up to, you know, subjugation and 
you know, refs and yeah. stuff like that. But NBA is definitely the NBA's media darling. They love him. They love pushing him. They think he's a great story. They love what he does. But it was a pretty ugly game from NBA. They added a couple more clips to his hours-long flop, a highlight reel, uh, where Royce O'Neal barely touched him. He went flying like ten feet. Um, so it's it's pretty embarrassing when you, from the league's perspective, I feel like when you have your media darling looking like this and like kicking all the guy in the balls, like it's just a bad look on them. Um, but I think it's even worse look on Tony Brothers, like a referee who's under so much fire already from the players and from the fans that everyone just hates. You forget uh, the Spencer Dinwiddie um, interaction with him last year on the Mavs, where he called him out. To, he called Tony Brothers oh, out yes. to the media for saying vulgar words to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have the history there. And guess what? Dimity's in the series. And Dimity kind of came up short in the game. So it's Tony Brothers has a history of these guys. And he refed a pretty poor game last night. So uh, the NBA needs to figure something out with him. For sure. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about there, but we'll save that for the future. Uh, let's get into our bets. Corey <laughs> won last time because uh, I made a – Pretty dumb decision to pick the Heat without Tyler here. Because you didn't believe in Drew Holiday, man. I tried to tell you. So he's up 11-8 to eight with five ties. We'll start it out. He gets to pick his Celtics, I'm assuming. <laughs> of course, baby. Uh, yeah, this is the easiest pick of my life. The Celtics are going there and what the Hawks. The Hawks are not a very good team. The Celtics are a very good team. They're locked in right now. I love what Malcolm Brogdon said after he won the Sixth Man of the Year award. He said, this is a good recognition, but it's not the goal. They want to win a championship. Like, everyone else in the league has their own little storylines, but the only storyline from the Celtics right now is that they want to win a championship. So I think locked in, I think they blow out the Hawks today. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. They're only favored five and a half. So I, I agree with that. I think the Celtics go and kick them. Uh, next game. This will probably be the best game of the day, I would assume. The closest game, at least. Um, just guessing. Cavs at Knicks. Knicks are favored one and a half. MSG, they've been waiting for this moment for a while, for the playoffs again, after their experience with Trey Young. Bing bong. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. If they're going to say you know, some vulgar words to Donovan Mitchell, we don't know that. <laughs> the prodigal son that never returned. Exactly. But that's their own fault. So I'm going to pick the Knicks on this one. I think they live up to the task. I think they're real this year. I don't think they're the Knicks of the last year's playoffs. Yeah. Like real is in the sense of they could win a series real. Yeah, I I completely agree. I probably would have chosen the Knicks too there. Um, I think they get the job done, done at home. I really love the Josh Hart edition. I don't know if you saw the press conference after game one where they interviewed Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart walks in. And he's wearing the shirt with Jalen Brunson's face on it. And Jalen Brunson just kind of looking at him. And Josh Hart is the big grin on his face. So I, I love that duo there. The Villanova boys, they're hooping. Um, so I really like the Knicks pick. Yeah. We'll see. That should be the best game, I think. Yeah. But uh, the final night game, the late night game, is, of course, the Nuggets at Timberwolves. Um, like we said, they're in the Target Center in Minnesota. Um, but we, as Minnesota we know, now. as we know, you never bet against the Nuggets. They're only minus two on the road. That seems like easy money right That's there. Easy money. If I was a betting man, I'll bet a lot of money on the Nuggets on this one. <laughs> Vegas, baby. <laughs> Nuggets, Nuggets, only two points. So. Yeah, I think that's it. 
if I if I could bet my life savings, I'm gonna say this, and they're probably gonna end up losing. But Celtics and Nuggets, I'd just throw all my money yeah. at them right now. Five and a half and two points. It seems like a steal. If only Governor Cox here in Utah was able to make some moves and uh, legalize exactly. some sports spending. I know I could double my bank account right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. College students, we need that. Come on, Governor. Come on, Spencer. Exactly. So that's going to do it. Those are your three games tonight. We should have some good ones coming up this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, deciding games Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we'll be back with it hopefully on Tuesday for you just yeah. to recap. should be exciting. There's only, what, two, three series that are 2-0 or 3-0, right? Mm-hmm. Just the ten Nuggets, uh, Sixers, and Celtics, right? Yeah. So a lot of games are going to at least five. It uh, should be exciting first round. I'm ex- uh, excited to watch the rest of the games here. Yeah. So that's going to do it with this episode. We'll see you next time. That's it for Four Wins in June. See ya.